Lauren Bond and the Metabolic Studio offers the Explorers Club to share meaningful journeys, encounters, and projects in an intimate setting at the Metabolic Studio. Session 5, February 18, 2016, features Suzanne Lacey presenting dialogues in an Ecuadorian ballroom. Let's tune in, connect, and listen. Cello is here with me today. She represents the program. We are its founding people, and it's sadly only people uh, who are kind of permanent full-time in the program. But it's been going for nine years now, eight to nine years, and we train people who do the kind of work that Lauren does, only, of course, on a much more baby scale. But um, we're basically starting people to move into the field of social practice with our MFA program. Uh, This is a project in Ecuador that I finished in November. It took about a year and a half. It's called De Tu Puño Puño y Letra. Um, And does anybody here speaking of Spanish that'd like to translate it for us? De Tu Puño y Letra. From your fist to the hand, or it sort of... It's a kind of a play on words. We worked with letters, and we worked on the subject of domestic violence. So it's an expression in Spanish that we use to represent this project. So here's Cotopaxi getting ready to uh, go off. It was going off half of the time that I was there. So we never knew when we might have to all leave the city. Fortunately, it's it's subsiding now. now, why? Oh, there. Uh, and this is the Center for Contemporary Art. I was invited by Maria Fernanda Cartagena, who is a curator that had recently, that's her way up there, taken over the Fundación de la Ciudad. And that foundation covered all six major museums in Ecuador. So she wanted a project on violence against women. And. Um, when I was there, I was struck by this project, Carta de Mujeres, which started in 2012 by the UN uh, Mujeres, Ona Mujeres, and um, the city. And this project sent out workshops all over uh, Ecuador. And in those workshops, they asked women and children and some men to write about their experiences of family violence. This, this project was kind of typical, like you would see in the AIDS quilt. It's a kind of strategy of social engagement by everybody putting a piece of, the, of their experience within a greater whole. And I thought, well, that's all very nice. Uh, glad they did that. And, and then I, as I began to think about it and understand it better, I realized that they had 10,000 letters they had collected. And then they went to Bolivia, and then they went to Peru, and they collected another 25,000 letters. So there's about 35,000 letters that exist down there in Latin America as part of this project. And I thought, as a a white woman from the United States, working in Ecuador, I needed to take 
into account and acknowledge and bow to the existing metaphors and practices. That was very important whenever I worked, particularly in South America, given the imperialist relationship between the United States and all of Latin and South America. Um, I think it's very important to think about those issues. Um, so we decided to work with 1,000 of these letters. We, trans we didn't translate them, everything was in Spanish, but we, we basically took these 1,000 letters and from them, this we extracted a script and a project. And it came about this way. I was hanging out with these girls, and that's Maria Fernanda on the right, and we were having lunch one day, and half of them were complaining about their boyfriends or their lack of boyfriends. And um, I'm kind of like, oh, this really bores me. But, but, but then I, as I was listening with my artist's mind, I was thinking, that's kind of interesting. You know, we've got these letters, and we've got this concern with men. And suddenly one of the women said, let's do a project with men on violence against women. And I thought, well, that I could get really excited about. So we took the letters as a metaphor. We wondered what happens if we give those letters, one to each man who is involved in the project. And we say to these men, these are, this is your letter. This is your letter to communicate, to talk about, to understand, to take in. And it was really amazing what happened to the men who participated in that, that process. We started with... Um, Educators, there was, there's uh, Ecuador, Quito in particular, has a very, very um, engaged academic community. It's very forward thinking. There were a lot of men and women dealing with this notion of deconstructing masculinities, which is interesting because it's right in the heart of a, a place where masculinity is framed according to bullfights, according to machista, they call it there. And so we worked with academics. We met um, this man, Tim Kroger, who worked for Hyseta, which is a, um, a, a, an NGO. And he is one of the people that have been involved with the letters. So he became a partner in creating this project, along with many other people. So he developed a series of workshops, and I worked with him to make those workshops feed into a final performance. So these, um, these are the workshops, encounters, dialogues, and sensibilizations on the construction of, the mas of masculinity and violence against women. So these are some of the kinds of concepts he was working on for his workshops. He we started with 30 men over, over doing each group, doing three-day workshops. Those men then went out and did workshops throughout the city. Now, um, the other thing is that Maria Fernanda, being part of the city structure, we began to work with all of the various departments, like the Department of Transportation, the Department of Security, the De Department of Police, the Department of Social Inclusion, and so on. And we worked with the heads of these departments to get men from their um, program to come and participate in these workshops and then go out and do more workshops. Um, we worked with issues like transgender, um, different ethnicities, different social classes, and in these workshops, 
men not only looked at the construction of masculinity, but their own personal experiences. Because when you think about it, domestic violence is very much a man's issue. Most of the people, families who experience domestic violence, they have men children. Um, I don't know what that is. So, um, so we developed the workshops, and I, I made a challenge to them uh, after discovering this as a potential site, Plaza del de Torres Belmonte, um, and this is and this is the scenario. And as soon as we saw this site, I said, "Well, this is a great site for a performance." And um, then we began to estimate how many people, and this is where the art and the politics start coming together, how many people do you need to make an impact in this space? And we figured between three and 500 would begin to make an impact, but less than 300, I said, I'm going home. <laughs> because it's on me that it won't work as an artwork. Um, and so we love this space. We love the little, you know, crannies where the bull was. And we had to, of course, take down the bull heads because there's another movement going on right now called the animalistas, the animal rights people. And they were, they had succeeded in getting the bulls in Plaza Belmonte, in the, in the main places in, in Quito proper. They've gotten it so the bulls aren't killed in front of people. Now, some people say that the fact that the bulls are killed after hanging out and getting cold and, and getting killed the next day because they do not leave a, a bullfighting bull alive after it has been in the ring. And the reason is because the bull is too smart. The bull learns how to defeat the human. So they've got one shot in, in big bull rings and big bullfights. One shot. Well, that was a little piece of information that I didn't know. Um, the other thing I heard as I began to explore this metaphor and these kinds of issues in Ecuador was um, what it feels like. I talked to people who did fight bulls, even, uh, you know, uh, as hobby. Not, not, I also spoke to professionals. But I realized that the man, uh, one man said to me, a friend, you realize what it's like to be standing there with a bull heading toward you? It's the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. So I started thinking about all of these issues and how this metaphor, how this issue operates within the culture. Um, and this is a little bit about the, the way the, the, the place is situated in the center of the town. So just like you have a very large organization here, how many people, Lauren, at work? Okay, so you've got 18 people. You, it takes this kind of staffing and or um, volunteerism and or temporary institution to create this kind of work. So when I go places, because I don't have a staff with me, I create a local group of people. In this case, the boss group, it was kind of funny as a name, but we had people doing workshops, people doing recruitment, people doing aesthetic design, people doing research on the success and failure of the work, people doing documentation, and people doing PR and graphics and stuff. So just like here, we created a very large team. A lot of it was paid, some of it was not paid. As it expands out, by the time the performance took place, there was probably two, no, probably 300 people working on the set that night. They were mostly volunteers, 
Um, so we constructed the performance around, now we're working with the city people and we're trying to get the mayor more engaged and, and we're working with universities and getting university students engaged and we're working with the uh, various NGOs or group collaborative organizations. And the way that we began is with maybe a convening this size and we would present, we want to do a project on domestic violence and we really want to use this metaphor, what do you think? And so people would begin to collectively construct the image. And that's a very tricky process for an artist because, for example, there was the person that wanted me to do puppets. And she was adamant that puppets was the way to go. And I kept kind of trying to, you know, stir, stir, the, I mean, stir the conversation in another direction, and she'd come back to puppets. And finally, I had to say to her, I, you know, I just don't do puppets. However, if you want to do puppets, I will really support you in doing puppets. And I'll help you figure out a way that your project can relate to this project. So that's a kind of collective imaging that's tricky because I do have very clear visions about what I want to do, but it doesn't take place in a studio. My visions are developed in conversation with other people. And I'm kind of very eclectic. If John has an idea about something and I think it's a great idea, it's, wow, let's do it together. And I'm happy to give him total credit for the idea. That doesn't bother me. I really operate more as a, a producer, you know, or on a theater model where everybody works collectively and they add to the whole. So we started doing... Um, rehearsals, ensayos, to bring people into the bull ring and begin to construct the meaning of, with the participants. There's Ode, that beautiful woman in red hair, was the woman that came in from the film industry, a director to work with me and help pull off the technical. This is our first ensayo. A lot of college students uh, were part of the project, and here we are trying to um, talk about this is, by the way, without knowing what exactly was going to go on. We were just sort of kind of like, what do you like about this? What do you think? How are you engaged? And a lot of people speaking are the people from, like this guy, from the first workshop. They became kind of conceptual guiders of the male experience in the project. Um, there they are practicing and reading, and then it rained. And I was really glad it rained because I'd been worried about this the whole time. Here was this gorgeous outdoor bull ring, sighted where you could see the lights come on at night and you could see the hills of the city. And what was going to happen if it rained? So for the next two months, we talked about was it going to rain or not. And we had many people, you know, it was, moon, it was the, um, it was, um, you know, the, the rainy season, but it was on a full moon. And in theater world, full moon usually means no rain. That's what I heard. So as we went along, and then some people said, you know, it's going to be natural. Well, I'll just pull out our umbrellas. And I said, well, okay, we could have a bunch of umbrellas we're looking down on. Um, and then when the audience leaves, we're all, and a few of us left are looking down on the umbrellas, what kind of, but we entertained the idea of what it would be like to have a very non-theatrical work that took place.
on an afternoon. People came and went. They read their letters and so on. Um, finally, we decided we wanted something more of a theatrical spectacle. And this is really Maria Fernanda Cartagena and the people I was working with said, that's what's needed in this city at this time. So we actually built a roof on top of, you can see it going up there, on top of Plaza Belmonte. Fortunately, in Ecuador, it only cost 15 grand. Uh, I know. That's what's real wow, right? Um, okay, so months and months later, 10 days before the project, Maria Fernanda was, was uh, basically had to leave her position because of political in Latin America, in many countries, there's a lot of political stuff that goes on behind the scenes. The woman that offed her is now offed. Um, and I'm like, it's nine days before the performance, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll just kick back and hang out here in L.A. and relax for a change. But I decided to go to Ecuador. She came here. I went there. And we began to work with the Secretary of Culture. We had a special meeting with the mayor, a lunch, you know, where everything was kind of finagled, and finally everybody agreed we would move forward, they would not stop the project, and we would reinstitute Maria Fernanda as the curator of the project. So here we are now, that happened, and then four days before the Animalistas, uh, there was the word that the Animalistas were going to come out and throw blood, and uh, so we met with them, with the, with the vice mayor and the city council, and we said we explained the project, and we said, you know, I'm not sure what about this metaphor you don't get. This is International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. And these are men standing in the middle of a bullring reading letters that talk about real women's experiences of violence. We said, we're totally aligned with you. You can even borrow this imagery next week when they have bullfights here. Feel free. I'll help you design a project, but give us the space to do this work, and they did, of course. Um, so uh, the night of the performance, you never know how many people are going to show up. You never know how many performers are going to show up. It's always a kind of like somebody's down on a walkie-talkie counting, counting, counting. A hundred police officers just showed up. Fifty kids from the university just showed up, and so on. Um, and um, so people started arriving into the bull ring. And the um, mayor's wife and the mayor and the secretary of culture and the American embassy and so on showed up for the obligatory press work. Um, people arrived. They received this brochure that talked about the different acts of the performance upstairs. So there's three levels. The top level, the roof, is the director's space. I tend to direct out of sight because I want the work to look like there's no direction, like it is just happening as part of a community experience. So we had 10 movie cameras. Um, we had about 10 still photographers. We had several directors. We decided to direct in Spanish, although people were fluent in English. So all the people up here are bilingual, uh, except me, and Unique, the young woman there. Um, but Chia, the blonde woman standing next to me, is the director of the Teatro Sucre. Uh, there's a security director, a stage director, a theater actor director. This guy here, Bruno Lacorn, is a composer. Um, and he is um, bilingual uh, 
and then if you can see Odorai in the back. And so all of these people have different roles, and there's a master script that I have that unique, the young African-American woman who is, always works with me on these projects, um, has, and we're kind of watching and keeping track of everything, and everybody's keeping track of their area. And so I don't know how it happened the night, two nights before we had a dress rehearsal with performers, there were no chairs for them to sit on. One night before, the night before the performance, we had a tech rehearsal. The, the lighting director didn't show up. He had apparently shown up and been sent home. And I'm kind of like, oh my God, I've spent a year here. What's going to happen? And miraculously, during this one hour, it fell together. They told me it would. They said, that's the way we do it in Ecuador. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, and you know what? It could have been a disaster. If it was a disaster, I would have worked for a year and a half for bloody nothing. But it worked. And so it's a complete miracle and a testament to the kinds of people that were working with me as part of the collaborative team. Um, so it starts, we took, by the way, 55 letters. We took and we created a script with a, with a script writer. We worked to create these little sections of text that would be formulated roughly into five acts. And then we worked with um, the massive performers, each to have their own letter. And then Bruno worked with four musicians and created a soundtrack. So there's sound that cues and underlies every act of um, the project. So it starts very dramatically. Maybe you won't understand because it's taken a long time and you have forgotten the past. Those episodes that happened so long ago have marked my life. And today I want to let you know. This is the moment for you to deal with the pain that is inside of me. Maybe the passing of time and the experiences of your life have opened your heart, in your heart a space for my story. So this is how it begins with these two men. And then one after another, men come in and they're reading part of Act One. And in Act One, it's called The Idea of the Past, Memories of Violence. Here's one story from that. What do I remember from when I was six? The school bus would leave me at my mom's office where I used to lunch and do my homework. One afternoon, a man told me that he would give me some ice cream. Instead of this, he kissed me strongly. He pulled up my uniform skirt and introduced his fingers into me. And another, and another, and another. And this act was all about memory. The second act was about bodies. And bodies extends into rape because this is a piece about domestic violence, but about rape, about child, uh, not child abuse, but about uh, lesbians and uh, trans people being violated. It's about the violence that occurs during abortions in that country where abortion is illegal. It's about the violence that occurs during childbirth. And so these stories were accompanied by men arranging their bodies in different way. But still these narratives were moving, moving us through the, the performance. I am Marina. 
Rape is a common event in the life of a lesbian like me. Almost all my friends have been raped for being lesbians, with their bloody vaginas and the face of the aggressor always in their eyes. I was also raped. And then after Act Two would come music, and a man would stand up and almost kind of like out of the audience would be playing a flute, or a woman would stand up and sing a song. These were in four different places. And then Act Three, and in Act Three. Act three was living together, and this is the most violence and the letters about partner violence. And as this script was again progressing, more and more men started entering the ring. She opened her eyes and didn't know where she was. She intended to stand up, but the pain in the hips was tremendous. The skirt was missing two buttons, and she was dirty with blood. She cried, screamed, cursed her luck. He didn't want to go to jail or die from the hands of her father. She didn't want to be judged by society. Their fears had more power because, without knowing each other, without loving each other, and with only a history of terror between them, they married. And in this act. As more and more people came in, you can see that there are many, many police officers as well. Here's another text. I learned to, and these are written from women. They've been extracted, but these are real women's stories. I learned to die. Each time I received a kick, a punch, I closed my eyes and learned to die little by little. After the beating, he would ask for pardon, and I always did. Things will change. He is good at heart. I can help him. I told myself, knowing deep inside this was not the truth. And you can see how more and more people came in. And then, at a certain point, after the the narratives, all of the men began reading simultaneously, and it was louder and louder and louder. Bruno, up above, was cueing when suddenly it all fell silent. That was his cue. And in this silence, facing the audience, there was a voice emerging out of the center of this group of men, and it was the first voice of a woman. And it was an old woman standing in the middle. You didn't know she was there, and she says, "If you tell me that you love me, why do you isolate and control me? Why do you get angry if I want to see my family and friends? If I, if you say you love me, why are you threatening me? That's not love. If there is love, there can't be violence." While. This is going on now. The introduction of this woman is very important because feminists said to us that they, they kept saying to us, "Where's where's the woman's voice?" And I'm like,、uh, "The letters."、Um, but it didn't matter, and I understood that that was something that was very important to women who had been struggling hard in this movement for a long time. 
without, you know, recognition. And now suddenly all these men were going to be here and it was going to be a big event in the city. And so we, we created the way for women's voices to emerge at the right dramatic moment in this. So now we begin, while there's candles being prepared up, up above, we begin the fourth act called separation. We had a few little stories, and then again, somebody, a woman who was working with us said, you know what, you have to emphasize this because only one out of ten women escape violence in this country. So you have to show how violent, how you can get away. And so we rewrote the fourth act, separation, and it starts with my very favorite quote from the letters. On a certain day, tired of his mistreatment towards her and her children, she took the pressure cooker and knocked him out. She left with three children, without a job, without a profession, and nothing else but her deep desire to be free. And so one after another, people are leaving as the narrative of separation progresses. They even climb out. We put ladders in so they can start climbing out. So you would see this movement of people leaving the ring until finally there's two or three people left. But in the meantime, something's happening in the audience on the plaza level. And what's happening is that all of these men, the 350 men, are leaving, and a few women, leaving the ring. They're coming up the back stairs. They're coming in the back way. They're climbing out of the ladders. And they're standing in three different stairways holding lights, candles. And we're getting ready now for the last act. And the most, you know, risky one in art, artistic, uh, well, in any language for me, because... Um, we were told people in Ecuador would be very reluctant to talk. So we, we, but the fifth act was very important because we went from a single dramatic moment all the way through these forms of engagement, and now it was very important to bring this conversation into the audience. Because what was the metaphor here? It was men having the courage to enter the conversation on violence against women in a public setting. And so now, the last act, they begin to um, essentially move as a group into the audience. And they set, their task was to sit down in a group and read a letter. So there's 350 letters being read intimately in this audience of 2,000 people. And it actually worked. Surprise. And then, you know, the lights, you can see it there if you look, you see all those little light moments of light spots. So now the lights are coming up on the conversations and there's music and um, you know, basically the end of the performance. So that's that's the performance. I, I have video, but it's in Spanish, and I think that um, it, it probably, you, you don't need it to get a sense of the project, you think? Is that okay? Yeah. 
I'll leave it. Uh, how long, the performance was one hour. And it was a very theatrical event. I don't always do this kind of high level, I mean by high level I mean really theatrical work. And there's a lot of danger with doing this, just like there's danger doing it in other ways. There's a lot because um, it's so, we spent an, a, a year and a half engaging it within an ongoing body of work on many levels. So, I mean, fine artists always like the example of the engagement, and one thing that happened was that the curriculum from the workshop has been embedded into the medical school curriculum. So every student will go through it. And, and there are other things like that. I don't, you know, this thing was very carefully planned to support other strategies. So in social change work, obviously partnering um, and working to support the existing initiatives means that it's also difficult, and I would never claim credit for, you know, we did this big change. I mean, basically the work fit in with uh, and supported already existing initiatives, people, groups, except maybe not the animalistas, but who knows what they did when we left. But we basically intended to work within the fabric of, of the culture. So I can say that happened, and everybody says, oh, wow. But other things happened. I mean, we're, right now we're, we're trying to make a film that will use this performance as the kind of, um, we've gone back and we've interviewed many of the men who were parts of the workshop and we want to use that to make a film that will go all over South America in Spanish and basically become a piece of, of the, the ongoing work of people like Tim Kroger and so on. So, yeah? Are the, Of course, they were. Of course, there were perpetrators, and there was one instance where we had a musician that con confessed to us that he had been accused of domestic violence by his wife, and so we did a lot of research because we didn't want to be unfair to him, and and our judgment, along with many of the political actors that knew him in the situation was that it was better that he not be in the performance because that was another issue that some feminists raised. If you have any men that have, you know, perpetuated violence, we're going to close down the performance. But we would have done it anyway. I mean, I, I think that we've tried very hard to be fair to him, but I think we just paid him and said, so nice of you to come. We really, this was well before the event, but we don't need you. But yeah, of course. I mean, there's a hundred cops down there. A hundred. Yeah, no, we had to cry and stuff. I mean, I'm, I, 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 and given that those, there's a lot of interviews of how men experience the workshops, I'm sure it was impactful, you know. It was impactful because they made it impactful.
Well, they were selected from the NGO, the university, and the city structures that we started making our partnerships and connections with. Yeah. I, I'm a background as a community organizer, so, uh, and I know a lot about institutional intervention and analysis, which I know you do too. And so how those things all fit together is kind of part of the puzzle. So was this um, like process coordinated? Yeah. So, and it was organized through that particular place. So they were, they were, they were assembled with, were they raising money or soliciting support? Like how volunteers were hired by the organizers? I don't know. It depends on who you mean it was seen by. The high school, the college students didn't see it like that at all. The city saw it as a kind of theatrical spectacle that supported their agenda against violence. They, they do have a city agenda against violence. Who knows what the church thought, um, which is very prominent there. So it's seen in different, and their art scene is not like our art scene. More theater. Political work goes on. Uh, I, I need to think about how this operates within a museum context. I'm doing that with a lot of my work because I think they're different languages. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. All my events are. Once the director's done, they walk away, and it can be redone. But um, I, I don't have a lot of desire to repeat work, just personally, in terms of my energy. And you realize this takes a lot of energy. I was down there two weeks in, uh, one week in April, two weeks in August, two weeks in September, two weeks in October, two weeks in, three weeks in November, and I teach full-time. Cello knows. My alter ego. No, 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 no. That was actually a big, a big conversation of what to do with the letters. We took them back. They were only copies. They weren't original. But we still took them back and then gave men something for participating because we didn't want them flying all over the place. Some people thought we should burn them ceremoniously while we danced around. It's not my thing. Okay, should we... So here's the situation politically. In Ecuador, they are run by a leftist government. You know that, Correa, the guy that's trying to get um, Assange to come to um, Ecuador. He's in the London uh, Ecuadorian embassy. Yeah. So, um, but he is very conservative 
um, in terms of lifestyle. He's anti-abortion. He's a big Catholic. Um, in the city, there's a different political group in charge. It's a young guy. Actually, this is, you see this, you see, I'm look, talking to this guy down there. That's the mayor. And he is from the opposite conservative political party, very pro-women's issues. His wife runs an organization on violence against women. And um, so it's kind of all mixed up down there. Um, he, the vice mayor, this guy's vice mayor, has started this amazing program where she takes, she, uh, she's created booths in every subway station, and pe women who experience violence on the metro, which is common, can go to the booth. Not only can they report, but they... These, this um, kind of project will follow them all the way through to the court system and into the court system. So that's the vice mayor. The interesting thing about Ecuador is it promises much more than our constitution. It's a phenomenal constitution. It promises rights to the environment. It promises rights to the indigenous. It promises all of the people in Ecuador the right to creative self-expression. Can you imagine that in the United States? But with, with that, um, it's like Cuba's um, constitution. It's very progressive. But within that constitution, getting it to play out in reality is what the struggle is.
Explorers Club session. For more information, please visit metabolicstudio.org. And thank you.